Blog Talk Radio. with a criminal matter, has the right to have their case heard before. A judge or judicial officer of the court is entitled to a fair and public hearing by a competent, independent and impartial court. Have strict court rules enforced such as the right of reply, rules of evidence, and be found innocent or guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Yet, our most vulnerable can have their rights, assets, and decision-making rights removed by a public servant of the state, not a judge, in a tribunal setting, that can ignore evidence and facts, and, determine matters as they see fit, and, conclude matters based, on probabilities alone. Are you scared yet? If you're not, you should be. Good evening everyone, this is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Co-hosting with me tonight, of course, is Kaz Scave. Say hello, Kaz. Hello. All right. (laughs) Um, Things are really booming for us. Um, We got picked up in syndication, and we are all over the place now. Um, All over here in the States, in England, France, Australia, uh, Czechoslovakia, Poland, um, Ireland, mm-hmm. I just did name the ones I can think of right off the bat. But this thing has absolutely blown up. Now, the days of people denying that this happens or you must have done something wrong or they wouldn't have done this are long over. Uh, as we discussed before the show, thanks to the movie I Care A Lot, which was based on the activities of April Parks, a notorious, infamous predatory guardian out of Nevada, um, and then uh, the Guardians Incorporated, also put out by Jigsaw Productions on Netflix. And several other things that have come out. Uh, there was also the documentary by Billy Mintz, which uh, Julie Belshi, our guest this evening, her parents and she were featured in that. And there's been a lot that has come out. They can't deny it anymore. Now it's a matter of how do we avoid it. We've got no help in the courts. We have no help from the justice system whatsoever. In fact, they stood by and helped orchestrate the creation of these tribunals, which are not subject to law, the common law that we are all forced to abide by, the rules of of evidence, the code of civil procedure. There's no due process. You cannot speak for yourself unless they say you can. Uh, It goes on and on and on of rights violations under the Constitution, which is okay because in these tribunals, they don't abide by the Constitution, and they will tell you, don't bring up the Constitution. It has no bearing here. You mention the Constitution one more time, and I'll put you in jail for contempt. The fact is that hearing examiner sitting there who isn't a judge of the law is a hearing examiner or ministerial clerk will send that order over to a state-level judge for civil or criminal court. They'll sign the order to have you arrested and send it back to 
the probate tribunal, that's when you get arrested. And but they will tell you you don't have don't mention it one more time. You don't have any rights in here. You the law is what I say it is. Well, we aren't dealing with law. We're dealing with code and statute and regulation created by the very people that are preying on the public. Now, isn't that damn handy? Uh, we have listened to some real horror stories on this show, and it, it just absolutely boggles my mind that here we are this many years down the road, and this is still going on even with all the exposure. Now, the thing is, the Britney Spears case um, did one thing. This thing went viral. This blew up so bad, and you saw how quickly she was relieved of that conservatorship. Once they realized that there wasn't any denying what these people were doing to this woman. And they very quickly got over and then you don't see anything more about it. Except a little, you know, hoorah article about how she's living her life and but she's going to have a baby and she got married. I don't care. What happened to the dad who was ripping her off? What happened to all the people that were stealing from her estate? What happened to them? And... Of course, they just faded into nothing's going to happen to them, of course. They're part of the system, so they get protection. I I don't know where we're going to be. You know, we did a show here a while back on CPS and destroying, you know, APS, destroying the American traditional family. And that is who's destroying it. They're the only ones with the power to destroy it. They, I see people saying, well, if it wasn't for the gays and if it wasn't for the transit, if it wasn't for this one, it wasn't. These people have no power over your life. They can't do a squatting thing to you. It's your own government doing it. They're the terrorists you need to fear. And they are taking your children. They are taking your elderly. They are taking everything that you own, everything you ever thought of owning. Grandkids you only thought you might have. They're taking it all. They're the only people with the power to do it. And we've got a whole political system that turns a blind eye and looks the other way or hands us down some fluff and buff bill that is convoluted in its language, does absolutely nothing. And then you see some of these phony advocates out there going, oh, oh, isn't this great? No, it isn't great. It isn't wonderful. And I love that. I'll take what I can get. Well, you got nothing, fool. Are you happy with that? <laughs> and that's just the way I feel about it. I call these people out because anybody that's cheering on a piece of legislation that has absolutely no teeth in it, holds no one responsible, does not change the system. They didn't do nothing for you. What What are you so happy about? I I don't know. But anyway, I got a little angry there. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, with us tonight also is Reverend Ralph, and we're going to be hearing from him. And But right now, I think, Kazi, did you have anything you wanted to throw in here so I can shut up? Well, I feel that we have some stuff that is really kind of stirring up in Montgomery County. We were reported last week about everyone getting a hold of Detective Shade. I know this is going to come as a shock to you, Marty, but my yeah. email has not been returned, replied to. And uh, people aren't getting the phone calls re, um, replied to that have called in. And so, Reverend Ralph, what's up with that? We're not hearing back. Well, that's very unfortunate. Uh, as I had said to the listeners last week, I contacted the uh, district attorney's office of Montgomery County. I talked to their uh, one of their detectives, Detective Shade. I spent about an hour and a half with him. I sent him 
maybe 50 or so different documents, uh, including a narrative of what happened, uh, how I got involved with this, uh, pertaining to a very much loved person. And uh, I thought uh, I had gotten some emails from my website, protectmyparents.us, and those emails said they were contacting uh, uh, um, Detective Shade, so um, um, it's a yeah. shame from what Kaz just told me that uh, he's not returning their phone calls. Again, it works against them, and they don't realize it. It works against them because we have the radio show, and their weakness, the weakness of these corrupt guardians and corrupt lawyers and corrupt judges, their weakness is exposure. And we have something they don't have. We have this nationwide international radio show. And these people, we can name them. We can say who they are and what they've done. And hopefully, maybe people that have been victimized, maybe they'll be able to get together and we can help them combat these type of scams that are being run on these senior citizens. So uh, I'm very, very disappointed that Detective Shade has not uh, contacted these people back. Yes, we know they're busy. They have cases. But, again, this is a massive scam that's been going on with corrupt judges for 10, well, 20 years or so, I bet. 20 20 20 plus years, yeah. Yeah, and this is something where it's not a little – incident where somebody is upset because a judge didn't give them what they wanted. We're talking about deliberate collaboration where people are being used as simply as bank accounts for these corrupt Mm -hmm. judges, for these corrupt lawyers, and these corrupt guardians. And one thing that cannot be overlooked is the corrupt psychologists who I've exposed, one particular, George Ladakis, who did this uh, so-called evaluation on a very loved person who's close to me, and I exposed him in court where these evaluations are worthless. There are no standards or requirements in Pennsylvania as to what constitutes an accurate evaluation. So basically, is hiring somebody with a Ph.D. who says he has experience with people with memory issues, and then they take the word for it, And it's always 100% incapacitation, even though their own numbers don't add up to that. And they never record these sessions to prove that they ever did an evaluation. And I think it's very important that basically it's a fraud. They charge thousands of dollars for these made-up evaluations, and they're basically frauds. They have no credibility to what they're doing as an evaluation. And what was interesting was, During one particular hearing, uh, when I exposed this Ladakis, uh, Judge Weilheimer, uh, David uh, Jaskowiak, and Brittany Camp, a uh, lawyer for a close relative, they just sat there, never said, what? Uh, Your evaluation doesn't have any independent proof of accuracy? They didn't say anything. They acted like I had never done or never exposed it. That proves when you have a judge that just sits there and pretends she never heard that the evaluation that she's going to use to put somebody's life in hell for the next 10 years or so and then have their accounts drained, a judge, a state judge, doesn't seem to care that the evaluations are worthless 
I, I mean, that's that's pure corruption right then and there. Well, you know, Reverend Ralph, here some years ago, every time, in fact, when I was first in this stuff, and that's, I still blame Sarah Harvey. It's all her fault. But one of the <laughs> things I kept seeing was everybody who was over 60 and caught up in this system was bipolar. Everybody, without exception, they were bipolar. They were all bipolar. And I thought, dang, that's weird. And then I started hearing all this stuff about they have a chemical imbalance in their brain. Well, come to find out, they don't have never proved that it's a chemical imbalance, and they don't know what chemical it would be. But never mind that, because they created all these wonderful medications that eat your brain up, cause brain damage, and other problems. And so we'll just go with that. And they still keep trying to run this chemical imbalance and blah, 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 blah. But what I have figured out about the psychiatry um, business is you don't have to have any proof of anything. You just have to say so and attribute some, uh, you know, uh, what do I want to say, like some things that might apply to that and keep saying it over and over and over again. And that makes it supposedly real, which is what I think you found out, Reverend, is he said it, and so it must be true. And why are you questioning it? You're exactly yeah. right, Marty. Basically, what they're doing is using techno babble. It, it yeah. you know, it's they make themselves uh, seem so smart and so intelligent because they use the big words that nobody understands what they're saying, and they think, well, that proves he knows what he's doing. But it doesn't. Yeah. It's just babble, and that's what yes. I kept exposing. And the fact that in Pennsylvania, refer, the so-called evaluations are referred to as IME, Independent Medical Evaluation. But they're not independent because the court picks that person, not the family, ah. number one. And number two is the fact that uh, when this Ladakis was on the stand and I was questioning him, I asked him deliberately, what medical test did you use on this loved person of mine? He says, what do you mean? I said, did you do a hearing uh, test? Did you give an eye examination? And he said, no. So the fact that they're calling it an IME, an independent medical evaluation, is a lie because there were no medical tests given. So wow. this is what kind of BS the court and the judge and so forth are trying to put on these people just to make it look like, oh, they're getting a quality evaluation. No, they're not, because the so-called paper and pencil tests that people like Ladakis or uh, Carroll, he's another fraud, uh, the fact that those tests, those uh, test questions or paper and pencil tests, any of them can be downloaded from the Internet for free. So if I can download 10, 20, or 30 tests from the Internet and claim that is their evaluation. But the most important thing is they don't videotape the session for their own protection to prove people said what they claim they said or how they said it. So everybody has a cell phone. They all take video. How much work does it do to stand up a cell phone and videotape the evaluation? Because if it comes to court, you have to be able to prove that the person was what you claimed he was as far as being incapacitated pertaining to how they answered a question or did not know how to answer a question. So, so the problem is 
Again, you have this deliberate absence of proof just to get what they want, a conviction so they can start raiding the bank account. And has anybody noticed here the reason reason they set up these probate tribunals was because these people are treated like criminals, but no crime has been committed. And so they had to figure out a way to get them into court in front of what they're calling a judge. And I say this is a hearing examiner, uh, you know, ministerial clerk, and get them in front of it. They're not being charged with a crime because there is none but they're being treated as if they have committed one. And in fact, far worse than we would treat an actual criminal. Um, What is done to these people is absolutely horrendous. And here we have these lawyers sitting there and all these. And and I go back again to our politicians, those people we elected to represent us. And I will say again, as I have contacted many of them who came back and said, what's your zip code? If you're not my zip code out of... Congressional courtesy, I can't talk to you. Well, if you can't talk to me, then when you vote, you attach a signing statement to that, that it does not apply to anyone outside of your district. Problem solved. Um, so, And it's disempowering them, and, it, and you've got to figure out how to do that. Um, is to disempower them, even if you think it's a minor thing. It isn't in the scheme of things. Everything is important. But we have a whole system of predation here that has been set up by the Bar Association for the most part. The judicial system plays its part, provides cover, and then you bring in the predators, the guardians and everything. Um, Cos was recently on a panel uh, for social workers. And one of the things we have found is that many times social workers are the basically the inroad. They open the door. Um, I was in the hospital here a few years back, and a social worker showed up in my room and said, yeah, I miss so-and-so, and and I'm a social worker, and I just want to get out. And she says, well, I just want to see how. I said, get out. Mm -hmm. And she said, what's your problem? And I said, I didn't request you to be. Well, I'm just checking on. I said, you don't need to check on anything. And do not, I repeat, do not write up a phony report as if you interviewed me when you did not. And I held up my phone. And she got now, mad. I said, now, please leave and do not come back. What, go ahead. And I, I, I do have to preface that the, the social workers that I did meet with are uh-huh. aware that these, are, that these problems are around, and they want to be the solution about it. So I, I still want to – I good. still appreciate that they had me speak and that they really did want to be the solution. But, mm-hmm. yes, these things happen. And while we're talking yep. about Montgomery County, and like, and then I want to have Julie really start talking. We are concerned that there is uh, some guardians that are exactly like April Park. And when yes. people in Montgomery County think, oh, this kind of thing could never happen, what we're about to hear from Julie is that not only can it happen, but there's a conviction, a jury of her peers found this guardian to be guilty. And I just can't yes. wait. For Julie to basically let like let everyone know like this is for real because this is a for real thing and like I said fact check it Google these names and fact check it what we're saying is really happening and Julie has been on so many different media um, 
local TV. You were on Glenn Black. You were, I mean, just so many things. The documentary, it is so documented and probably one of the most documented cases. And I am yes. so excited, Julie, to, for you to educate our new audience that have been picking up on these stories. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I just figured that, uh, you know, if it could happen to me, I'm a housewife, like my husband would say. <laughs> and I helped him with yeah. his business, and all of a sudden my parents are missing, and they live 10 minutes away from me um, on a Labor Day weekend back in 2013. And the first person I found was Marty Oakley, in fact, in 2013 and called her because I was in shock i'm like how can they just wear my mom and dad like how can they just go in and take them and then leave a note like in case of emergency call april parks um and then she's so uppity with me like oh you know they're okay and you know you Um, can go see them but you can't take them um i have guardianship over them in fact i'll never forget the visual of like they're at one table and I'm at the other table in the court, and she's got her arms around my mom and dad like she's their daughter. I mean, she's oh, wow. like utterly disgusting. And, um, you know, she was – I really believe that in order for somebody uh, to be a guardian, that they have to be sociopath because they yes. – they, they're only about the money and only about the stuff, like the fun stuff. Oh, well, you know, that doesn't matter. You know, well, it might matter to the family. It might have gone back to when their two-year-old made it, you know, and they might have wanted to pass it on. But, um, yeah, they just walked right into my parents' house, and with one knock on the door, um, it was over. April Parks represented herself as an officer of the court and told them that they had three options. One was that they could come with them and look at it as a respite and it would and they would return home in two weeks, which was a big lie. And the second one was that they could um she would have to call the fire department and please have them forcibly removed and possibly placed in a psych unit. And the third one was that they could go to jail if they really didn't cooperate. Well, my father was very protective. They've been high school sweethearts um, and have since passed. But, you know, I am so grateful that I got time to, you know, have them here and know that they're loved. And, like, my mom got out of her wheelchair, started walking again. They had my mom on 14 different medications. My mom did not know where she was for two months. People do not understand, like, how hard you have to work uh, with somebody who, like, actually does lose their mind because they're on so many um, medications that should never have been prescribed for them. Yes. Um, It was just frightening, um, but we never gave up on them. I had, you know, my husband and my three boys at the time. Uh, We lost, you know, our oldest son, and the first thing I thought was, you know, somebody actually ran my son off the road because I don't hold anything past these people. They are vicious. They're malicious. Um, everything is done with, uh, you know, they are very intentional in what they do, and they do it to you with a smile on their face, and before you can turn around, they're, like, stabbing you, and you can read it. And, I mean, it used to keep me up night and day. I used to pace the floors and look at these and be like, you know, there has to be a break here. You know, this has to stop. And um, 
just, you know, I mean, this is not legal. You can't walk in somebody's house in America and just take them. That's domestic terrorism. I mean, you're talking about like, okay, so if you're not, you can't get it. And then people go, well, your parents were not, they weren't very smart. They opened the door. Um, They'll (laughs) break through a wall. They don't care. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that's the thing, too. And you're right. We have homegrown terrorists and their guardians and their attorneys and these administrators. Go ahead. Yeah, they have they have a good old boy club, and it's not what you know, it's who you know, because I don't know whether it was the media or actually who, you know, I placed calls to. Um, I don't, and then, you know, I don't know exactly, I can't tell you what happened that my parents got free, but it was a, a lot of filing in the courts, but I think it was more of the people, I've got to be real honest here, that my father knew. He actually knew the mayor here, and I called him, and I said, like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, you have to get a good attorney, kid, not, you know, just anybody off the street corner. And I'm like, are you serious? And I can't say it, but I told him to go F himself because I was so Oh, no. And, you know, I was shaking, but... um. You know, what they what I was watching happen and what's so sad um, in my nine years of being involved in this and running a helpline and talking to um, victims of guardianship in the probate courts, how corrupt it is, is um, just what blew me away so much is that they actually, it was just like they have a format. They have a, a, a and and people go, oh, I hate what you say, you know, because I say they isolate, they over-medicate till they have, like, Stockholm Syndrome. They steal their state, liquidate their state. Um, yep. They defame the family in court. They say, they said I was a drug addict. They say another one's a gambler, another one's a financial exploiter. And, you know, I had kids at the time. I had to go public. You think, you know, it really could destroy a family. So it's the ward, the ward that they gave this name to, but it's also the family. And I wanted to just bring something up that I feel is very important. Um, um, there's a man, his name is David Slayton, and he's a vice president of court consulting services at the National Center for State Courts and former administrative director of the courts in Texas. Um, after um, Britney Spears got freed, um, he did, he wrote a paper on toxic, you know, guardianship and conservatorship. And he has had uh, many people who he has helped. So what I was thinking is that, you know, as advocates, what we could do is we need to become like one and have a voice and get into the Senate because it opens in January. There's three new laws um, that are going that are already going to be introduced, and um, I could say the numbers of the laws, Marty, but I know how you feel about the laws. I'm very similar into feeling about, you know, these guardianship foo-foo laws as well. But mm-hmm. this gentleman, um, if the different states here in the United States, 
like Health and Human Services Committee. They could go to each state and they could pay for investigations into resolving the guardianship because he has the proper data. He has the ability to get it. Um, And, um, I mean, if April Parks was not thrown in jail, her next step was that she was going to expand her business with Valley Healthcare System. She would have had six hospitals, and she would have been made number one for a guardian. So the social worker or that nurse that walked into your room, if you're not there with them, you're a goner. If you say, oh, I'm not feeling well, I'm a little confused, maybe you just had a shot of morphine. Maybe you just fell and hit your head, and your family's not there yet. And then they come in, and they do these mini mentals. When we got my parents back, Marty, I, when my parents were sick and they had to go to the hospital, we took turns, and we actually slept there. And I put wow. a hazard sign out by the door, unplugged the phone, and when they started a mini-mental, I took the nurse outside, told her politely the story of what happened, and I had one nurse tell me that she's been working with the same social worker for 17 years, and this is what she does. And I said, Really? Let me give you some things to read. Let me give you some education. Um, she was not even open to it. It's like, so yeah. does it have to keep happening to more people? That's the only reason I started getting really vocal about it, because I'm thinking it can happen to my children. It can happen to my family. It can happen to my next door neighbors, my, my friends. Um, it can happen to anybody. You yes. don't just have to be elderly disabled um, or a child, you can be vulnerable and and we're all vulnerable at some point in our, you know, in our life. Maybe we have a car accident. There was yeah. a couple that the child had a skiing accident and they were not able to get to the hospital until two hours. By that time, their state had full custody guardianship of their son and we're making decisions and wouldn't let them see their 19 year old son well what we're finding out is that uh, a lot of the hospital personnel is involved in this as far as queuing people up many hospitals now uh, unbeknownst to people have their own attorneys and guardians on their payroll so when somebody comes in yes yeah uh, they, oh, they, you can find your loved one guardianized overnight without you even knowing anything. When I was first in this, uh, one of the things we quickly realized was a, what's called the charge nurse on the floor, the head nurse. We're right. queuing up these guardians, so we got a we got a hot one. And when you go in and you you um, you, you know you do your admissions things, one of the things that they do quickly is run an asset search on you and this is what i've told people about don't oh, go to these yeah. attorneys and law firms and have estate planning done because that's all database now they know what you got where it's at how much it's worth who has access to it exactly. and this is all available like to your local hospital through a program they belong to so it punch your name in it comes up and says let's just say for instance julie bell she is worth 500 million dollars before that gets done printing out, you're guardianized. Um, right. If we found that they were getting kickbacks, um, you know, for doing this. And this is, 
this predatory nature so many of these people exhibit is absolutely frightening. It's absolutely frightening. When you go into the hospital and you're doing admissions and they tell you to sign the, the little electronic screen and they'll say, well, it's just a standard admission form. Well, good. Print me off a copy and I'll read it. And if I agree to it, I'll sign it. Well, I can't do that. You got a big giant printer over there that costs ten million dollars. Print me off a copy. Well, that's not necessary. Just sign it. No, I'm not going to sign it till I read it. Now, what those say now is that they can do any sort of biologics on you, which includes vaccines of any kind. That we have found people who have received ten and fifteen vaccines, unbeknownst oh my to them. God. Yeah, and they can do experimental blood work on you. Um, They can do, and it even says this in there, that there may be experimental blood work done. Don't sign anything if they cannot give you a hard copy. They don't want you to read it. And if you get the hard copy, cross out what you don't agree with, initial it. And at the bottom of it, cross out the word signature. That is a corporate contracting term. Mm -hmm. You put uh, your autograph, which is a personal signature and agreeing to nothing other than you've read it. But you cross it yeah, out and then underneath and, that just say, anything I've crossed out and initialed is prohibited. And, and um, Marge, they don't like Marge, that. Yeah. The fact that you're speaking of the medical, uh, um, so taking my parents to the doctor, you know, when I had them for a couple of years, um, you know, I was always with them when I went to the doctor and um they, this lady, nice doctor who, you know, you think they're all nice until, you know, they hit that button and, yeah. you know, and you hit that target. She said, oh, we're going to yep. do a mini mental on your mom today. Yeah. And I said, no, I said, no you're not going to do a mini mental on my mom. My mom has 103 fever. She has the flu. She does not feel good. And it's just not a good day to do it because I want people to understand once they do that mini mental, I dug deeper. That stays in their chart for a year. Yes. So I went outside and to ask the doctor, I said, so if I had said yes, my mom got, let's say, 40% and there was nobody around, then she would be that candidate for you to call yeah. the public guardian, private guardian, or whoever you call in the system and she said, oh, yeah, that's exactly how it works. I yeah. was like, well, and that's, okay. the, all those tests that they give, it, especially to anybody over 60, these are trap right. questions. And what right. they are is they basically, you cannot give an answer to these, which is not suspect. But when they, when you go in, let's say, like in your case, your mom had the flu or whatever, and they start, well, we're going to do this and draw a clock and draw the hands at this. No, I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm here for. Um, well, I want to, have you felt depressed? Have you felt like, oh, no, I'm not answered. That's not why I'm here. Can we get to why I'm here? Well, I just yeah. want to find out. No, I know what you want. <laughs> and um, I'm not answering any <laughs> yeah, of those I do, questions. I have, that happened to me when I went in and uh, during the guardianship when I was fighting for my parents. It made me so physically sick. I had to have like 22 staples in my stomach had a mass in my stomach, and uh, they come in right after my surgery, and they ask me that. Do you feel depressed? I said, well, how would you feel? I mean, like, yeah. I don't feel depressed. I'm okay, but I don't need you to start this either, so you can leave my room. Yes. Yep. And one of the other things wow. they do is they say, I'm going to give you three words, and the three words are totally unassociated one with the other. You would not relate one word to the other one. 
And right. then they'll talk about <laughs> nonsense, like, you know, there were big clouds in the sky yesterday, and then my dog barked. And, talk, and then they'll go back, what were the three words I gave you? Can you remember them? And yeah. uh, they said only 4% of people can do that, can recall like that. But it, these right. are trap and then, questions, and they, and they are to trap they, you into the system. Go absolutely. ahead. And they do the yep. numbers where they have you count by, you know, backwards by seven from 100. Yes. Well, I'm not that good at math anyway, so you have me do me that. Either. You know, I might get down to 80. You know, I, I mean, my response to those questions, Julie, is when they do that count the backwards from 100 by seven, they say, you do it first so I know how it's done. <laughs> and, well, I'm, I'm not the patient here. I'm not your patient either. I'm here to see the doctor. I don't know who you are. And um, yeah. that's what I always wow. tell them. When it, you do it first. Let me see how it's done. And yeah. uh, But this thing, and like so many people now have become afraid of their own doctors. They become afraid of the medical community as a whole. And they're not going oh, yeah. to the doctor. Uh, they just exposed on the hospice show here a couple weeks ago. That now, if you go to the emergency room and/or hospital three times in close proximity to each other to say, you know, maybe you did have a severe flu or something, you had COVID toe. Um, but anyway, they um, now they can you're you're targeted for hospice. Hospice has become nothing more than a culling system. They are taking out the elderly at a rate you wouldn't believe, and they once they call futility of care. And food and water is now considered medical care, not a human right or necessity. As soon as they call futility of care, you go into paleontic care. And that thing, that's just a cover story for euthanasia. And they start the active thing of of drugging you to death and starving you and dehydrating you at the same time. Especially during, you know, when we had the pandemic, I mean, they were euthanized people left and right and my dad you know unfortunately he did get really sick in January um and uh I did get in there one time into the hospital because I said you know I'm a guardian reform advocate I use that card so you know I talked to the director and they actually let me in but um they didn't let me in the second time he deteriorated very fast um and you know basically his last words to me when he gave me a signal were good night. And, oh. um, and I was just have a, man, yeah. you know, I just have a message here from a listener, a very important listener who says, um, at the hospital where one of her relatives works, they tell the patients, the guardianship attorney on staff is called doctor because a JD can legally be referred to as a doctor. If it's a new doctor introduced, Ask what kind of doctor he is, or she is, and boy, they got it covered, don't they? Uh, and it's they all a system of smoke and mirrors and deception, and it, what is being done to people is absolutely horrendous. Julie, when you finally got to your parents after you located them, you finally got to them, what was their response to all of this? I know they had to have been near hysteria. Well, my they were like, my dad was really humiliated because, you know, he he was, like, always a very smart man, you know, and he's, like, he thought, really, they were going to go home in two weeks. He yeah. didn't want to bother me. He really, you know, he knew I had three boys, you know, busy life, they're all in high school, and I'm, like, you know, and my mom, 
you know, when I walked in, my dad was in the fetal position on the couch. I barely recognized him. Um, he just looked so defeated. And then my mom was sitting in a room, bedroom, which was like this model, um, you know, like little suite, I guess you want to I call it. Um, but the bed was like cardboard. And my mom and dad, you know, they're... They were in their 70s. You don't want to sleep on cardboard. Nobody really does. Um, They said, oh, well, we'll only have them there for a couple of days. But my mom was devastated. She's like, Julie, Julie, you've got to get us out of here. Julie, Julie. And then, Marty, the more stuff, more, like, information I brought to them, you know, through NASA, through different organizations, the more information that um, uh, different people begging to get out, um, they were, like, so scared. They go, we don't have anywhere to go. She's lying to us. She told us our car is safe, our house is safe, this is safe. I said, you're coming to our house. You're more than welcome. You know that. You're coming home. And, I mean, they knew that something was, you know, wrong because she kept lying to them. And one of her um, assistants, who turned in to be a state witness, actually went into their drawer while they were sleeping and attempted to take either my mom's wedding ring or something. And my mom caught her, and she said, get out of my drawer. They didn't wow. pocket anything. And, and mind you, you know what? My parents at the time when they were taken, and I was happy, didn't really have that much money. You're not talking millions. Yeah, but I was happy that they didn't because you know what? It, it, wrong is wrong. This you're talking yeah. about life and death. This yes. is a killing industry. Yes. Yep. And these are predators. What? And you know we keep oh, talking yeah. about this. The difference between these people and the normal population, and there is a difference. We and there, it's not an aberration. There's too many of them. Um, it's. I, I Like I say, I keep going back to this stuff I've been watching about there being two different species of human being on the earth right now, possibly three. And this, to me, it, it gives the, the uh, credence to the idea that this is a different species. These people are predatory by nature. Um, and one woman who was arguing with me about, oh, that was just a conspiracy theory. I said, liken it to dogs and wolves. I said, they look the same. They're of the same family. Try to pet oh, a wolf. Yeah. I yeah. said, they'll rip your arm off, eat you up. I said, but your family dog will love you to death. And I said, it's a difference. They look the same, but they're not. And I said, their whole psyche is different. Their whole intent is different. And I said, what they're doing, these people, what I've noticed, Julie, take great deal of pleasure in the oh, misery they, they cause not only the victim, but the mm-hmm. family. You know, oh, yeah. they, they, it was, it was it, yeah. in speaking to what your, you know, your point being is that on Friday at quarter to five, I was served on birthdays. And I mean, they know like they're like vicious. Um, I mean, I've been followed. Um, I'm yep. on walks and all of a sudden two people that look straight up like they're in the FBI start talking to me and the woman's inviting me over her house for dinner. Um, and I don't even know these people. I look her up when I get home and she happened to just work for the governor 
And I called oh. her up and I called her out on it. I said, why did you tell me you were a nanny and you were, you know, you're a part-time mom, part-time nanny? Why don't you just tell the truth? She started to engage in a conversation with me about guardianship. And I'm like, that's really weird. Like, all of a sudden, I'm yeah. going to walk in, you know, it's just, um, I got, you know, to the point where I really didn't want to leave the house without yeah. somebody because I was, I I know I was followed many times. Um, uh, when I was in the hospital, when my husband left, I would just, I was like, just freak out because I knew what it just it sounds crazy but it's not because yeah. they don't want anybody speaking out about this and I right. have this feeling that the reason why they let my parents go is because it started to get gain traction and get in the New Yorker get the documentary yes. Darcy Spears you know on the local news so they were getting pissed so they were like, oh, we got to get, you know, just let them go. Yeah. Too much publicity, just like with Britney Spears' case. The minute this hit, I mean, it just blew up the Internet. It was on oh, every yeah. news station across the country. And after all of her fighting to get out of this for 13 years, within, what was it, a month, maybe five weeks, boom, she's out. Um, right. And that was to calm it down, to quiet it down. But I think this one case in particular did more to get the public's attention that this is going on. It's happening every day. Yes. And, and, you know, we were talking about people, like I say, when originally in this, and people saying, oh, they must have done something wrong. Well, you must have done something wrong or they wouldn't have done this. And why don't you tell the truth? And how many of those people came back to me in the years after and said, they took my mom, they took my dad, blah, blah, blah. Uh, don't come to right, me. Right. Remember, exactly. this doesn't happen. Yeah. And I wish and you I hadn't did. mentioned those those bills that are coming out because you know you could hear the glory hogs putting on their shoes and coat as you said it's heading for dc um well i just just wanted to actually refer this gentleman because he asked i think that you know i know that you know all the guardians i mean not the guardians the advocates you know they're you know speaking out and 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 presenting bills and such and um but I think that, you know, we need to go a step above and we need to become almost like lobbyists and be a voice in Congress. I mean, it opens yeah. again in January. There's three bills right there. There's, you know, I'm going to – and this gentleman, you know, has like a mod, a model, a formula of how to go about getting the information. And it worked for him in Texas, so I can tell you – that his name's David Slayton, and um, I think he's really on to something. He's on our side, and he helps people that cannot figure out, you know, how are they doing this, yes. you know? Yeah. Wow. It just, so that was and, why the thing, I mentioned the bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll, we're going to keep an eye on that, Julie, and depend on you to update us on it. Uh, there's This is just... It makes me sick every time we do these shows to hear these stories. And like I say, I've been familiar with your case for many years. And Reverend Ralph, what are you, what's your thoughts here? Well, uh, you touched on two very important points. Uh, we talk about, you know, that these people are sociopaths or whatever. But we've also said specifically these people are just criminals. They're not uh, – they have nothing to uh, – 
they have no intention of helping anybody or keeping the family involved for the happiness of the uh, of the victim, as I call them. Uh, and I think that's very important, the fact that this business of guardianship seems to be created or have been created for the benefit of these type of criminals. Yeah. That yeah. is just a scam uh, just designed just for a very simple person to be able to grab people's money and use the court as a uh, – as basically as their own protector. Uh, right. And and one of the things I wanted to point out also is when people send out letters to whoever they're sending them to pertaining to guardianship or all, always put your name in the BCC, your email in the BCC, so you have right. proof that you contacted these people. Now, as far as uh, what we talked about in the very beginning about the Detective Shade and he wasn't returning phone calls and all, people have to document this by sending them emails and one comes back to you without them knowing it, uh, that you are getting a copy back. Because, again, documentation is the most important thing you have to yep. be able to prove that you have contacted these people and they have not returned your calls. Absolutely. Yep. Paper trail. Paper and trail I, is very important. Yes. And that's the thing, too. Um, I, I tell everybody that I work with now to document everything, every phone call, when it started, when it ended, who you talked to, what the topic was, uh, you know, what you said, it, you know, summarize what you said, what they said, every trip you make, um, everything that you do in connection with this, document it. And because it's going to become increasingly important as you move through this. Uh, the thing is, just like this thing about calling a an attorney doctor so that you don't know that it's an attorney that's going to guardianize you, um, uh, This all this trickery and every, mm-hmm. this in itself tells you this is a messed up system. This is not what they're claiming it to be. And... The idea that this goes on, like I say, and our government, both state and federal, does nothing but will fund it further through various pieces of legislation and through the back door, grants and this kind of thing, um, I think is absolutely disgusting. They know what's going on. Now, the reason for this, in the most part, has to do with Social Security. Uh, You've got all the boomers are retiring who invested in Social Security for 40, 50 years, some 60 or longer, and they're here to collect on their investment. Nothing about Social Security is free, believe me. Uh, It's been invested in for decades. And you don't get free medical care. You get help. But Medicare does not pay it like any other insurance company. It will only pay up to 80%. And that's of approved charges. They can disapprove anything. You're left paying the rest, and there's the donut hole in there from 2500 to 5000 where Medicare doesn't pay anything, and you're left with all of that. And the idea you got all these co-pays with the doctor and for prescriptions and for anything else that goes on, it is not free. Nobody is getting a free ride, even though there again, money was taken out, FICA was taken out to cover Medicare when you retire. But for some reason, we still have to pay for it. Go figure. But the point is, the government has, since the Johnson administration, who tapped it to fund the Vietnam War, every presidency since then has gotten into that fund and raped it. And they have no way to pay that money back and never intended to. 
So the only other option is to get rid of the claimants, and they're getting rid of them as quick as they can. You look at this COVID thing, it's such a farce. And out there in New York, they put all those people that supposedly had COVID in that nursing home and then went in there and forcibly vaccinated them. And most of them died. They said, oh, it's COVID. Yeah. No, it was the vaccine. And um, that's what killed them. Uh, then they put them on ventilators, 12500 for being put on a ventilator, whether they oh, yeah. needed and, it or not. And, and Marty, yeah, Marty, they get more money if you die of COVID. So when my father passed away, he had aspiration pneumonia and um, something else. But he did not have COVID. But guess what was on his death certificate? COVID. Wow. That's what I say. You stub your toe now and break it. You don't have just a broken toe. You've got COVID toe. Um, oh, yeah. You sneeze and people yeah. look at you. I mean, it's gotten yeah. to the point. People, come on. Stop it with, yeah. you know, the social media. And, like, do a little bit of deeper digging, you know, instead of watching a TV show on, you know, what medically this shot is doing you know, to your body. Well, you mentioned, too, about going with your parents to the doctor. I don't go to the doctor without my son. How I get treated when he's in there and how I get treated when he isn't are two different things. And so he he always accompanies me to any doctor's appointments. And you always need to take someone with you to advocate for you and also as a witness. I mean, Um, that is such an important thing. Even if you don't live close to your, you know, your parents or the person you love and they're getting older, have them FaceTime. I mean, we have so many things that we can do with technology now, modern technology, you know, and mm-hmm. let them know that they do have rights. Um, put them on, have them put you on their HIPAA so that you have rights to their records. There are ways to prevent this before, yeah. you know, somebody just comes knocking on your door and takes you. Well, and the other thing is, too, if you have a power of attorney, that's fine, but you need a medical power of attorney, a medical power of attorney, because just a standard power of attorney for your business and other things won't work. And um, so they'll take over the medical immediately. So you need medical power of attorney. But the fact is none of this will hold up against a probate examiner who will immediately discard all of those pre-standing legal agreements and arrangements. Discard those yeah. and give all of that potential guardian. And then at that point, as I keep telling people, you just suffered a civil death. You no longer exist as a living, breathing human being. You exactly. are <laughs> a piece of you have property. No right to you, vote. you have no right nope. to, if to carry a firearm. You have no right to go outside without asking permission. You have no ID. You have no library card. Uh, yep. You want you want to get a bottle of water? You're lucky. I mean, it gets yep. really, really bad. Some people on in Michigan on Christmases they were thrown two McDonald's cheeseburgers each. Um, I mean, wow. This, this gets so ugly that people just uh, think that unless it affects them, then they're like, oh no, it must have been the family. Yeah. It has to have been the family. Tell me something, Marty. Yeah. How do all of these people across the United States and around the world that I've spoken to and have nothing mm-hmm. in common of buy guardianship? How did we all get together? And Are we just making this all up? Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, when we started working with Australia, 
um, it's as bad, if not worse, over there. I mean, it's who? Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, I don't know. Yes. And so we've been working closely with them on several things. In fact, they just blocked our podcast again. They've done it before, and everybody raised hell over there, and they opened it back up. But they've just blocked us again. And um, so we'll, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. But always in touch with them anyway. But this is the thing. They are doing this globally. And what I see happening after all these years is a direct pattern of eliminating the elderly. They are getting rid of the elderly. And it's for many reasons. Cost for one thing. And the disabled. And the disabled. And they're non, what Mm -hmm. they consider non-productive. So they can't tax them. So they can't get anything out of them. Yeah. What they're doing with the disabled, there's different tier levels. So if they're not, you know, they have autism, but if they're at a different tier level, they're making a fortune and they literally are putting them into during the day, instead of being in a group home, they go to like a day house in a warehouse, in a warehouse. Yes. Yep. Marty? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what we were talking about now, if you remember, uh, several months ago, we talked about the fact in Japan they are trying to pass a law that says that the uh, senior citizens have the option of suicide and the government will pay them a certain amount of money if they agree to do it. And they promote yeah. it as something great as saying, well, we're going to give you money. You can have a great dinner. You go on a vacation for a couple of days and enjoy your you know, time, and then yeah. you agree to commit suicide. So it is just so disgusting that the government, like you have said, Marty, and other people, that the governments just see people as a bank account from birth yeah. to death. Yes, and, and that's really actually true. It sounds terrible to say it. But it is true. Uh, we are looked at as a commodity, and they have decided that anyone who's 60 or older, and some people think as low as 50, uh, are no longer a profitable commodity. So we have to go. Um, it just the disruption to families, the the shock and the trauma of what is going on is more than a lot of people can stand. Um, I know this has been an experience for me all these years, as it has been for Cause and. And for you, Reverend uh, Julie, I can't even imagine. Um, but this yeah, is, it, 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 you know, it, it, it actually could break a family apart. You talk about, you know, having three teenage boys at the time, and all of a sudden, you know, I am gung ho doing nothing else but trying to get my parents out of guardianship. Yeah, yeah. They have no time. And, and, and they're like, you right. know what, I'm going to change my last name, Mom. I'm tired of this. There's another television crew here. I really thought the only way, you know, to do it was shine the light on it. Tell people. Get, yes. the, you know, somebody to know about it. I, you know, didn't know if that was right, wrong. But then yes. I felt horrible because it was affecting my, you know, my kids, the fighting. Yes. Uh, you know, they, they're destroying a, the family dynamic. Yes. And that's the whole yeah. intent. Uh, and the one reason they went after the elderly is uh, there's a lot of history there. And one of the things, and I found this, I'm not going to go into the story, but when I had my two granddaughters in high school and the civic teacher getting angry that I had talked to her and her friends about the Constitution. And but there is a history there. See, it's like I told my granddaughter, 
I remember what it was like before it got like this, and they don't want me telling you that. They don't want me telling you it wasn't always this way. This is, you know, a new occurrence. And the history that elderly people have and the stories that they lived, you know, know. things that, you know, they don't want that passed out. Yeah. They don't want to pass out. They have so many wonderful stories about history and everything. I I love to listen to my grandmother and grandfather. They lived until they were in well into their 90s. And I know my mom, who passed at 80, God rest her soul, would never, that wouldn't have happened if she wasn't in this guardianship. Right. Yeah, and you, you'd never, and you wouldn't know your family history, you know, who was who and what was what. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much information there and stored knowledge. They don't want that passed on. Um, instead, you're subjected to these. I, I sat and tried yesterday to watch news to see what was, because I can't hardly do it. I didn't last, but maybe about 20 minutes. This is the biggest bunch of nonsense and carrying on that I ever saw in my life and none of it worth listening to and that this is what we're spoon fed this is what the kids are spoon fed and the kids have even said well there's nothing interesting going on in the news we got the whole world is blowing up what are you talking about there's nothing interesting (laughs) well they didn't mention that I'm sure they didn't and um but this is you know we're in a precarious position here but Again, I go back to these people who are doing it and the people providing cover and means for them to do it. When the federal government funds all of these grants and in-state programs and everything else, as somebody pointed out to me a few years back, one person on Social Security in the local community gets dragnetted into this system. They can generate as much as a million dollars in revenue. One person. And we got that... uh, one that Mary Rowan up there in Michigan, 1,700 clients, 1,700 people that she has guardianized. She is collecting all of their Social Security, any pension funds, you know, from the military or railroad. She's made herself the assigned payee on all of that. They get $40 a month. She stashes them in a residential home that's never been inspected. In here a few years ago, five of them burned to death, but eh, so what? They were old anyway. And the one guy was blind, so, I mean, we don't care. And But this just goes on and on. These people are in the business of human trafficking. This is nothing less than human trafficking. Yeah, and this is no different than if they... It's affecting their health. It's, it's human and health trafficking because, I mean, you have disabled young um, adults and children that are fine at home and they were doing great. But guess what? Yeah. Somebody saw a way to make some money, and they're in yep. the good old boy club, and they mm-hmm. decided to put them in the system. Who cares that mom's heart's broken and dad, yep. you know, can't sleep yeah. at night? They're we're like just, you know, you know, ATMs for them. And it, yes. it's just something needs to be done. Um, and I just feel like, you know, all the advocates speaking out is great. And, you know, and then telling all these stories, I mean, we have Roger Hillegas who, you know, just, you know, now got picked up and he's back here in Nevada. He got picked up because he walked in, his mom kept begging him to take him out of the house, yeah, um, the nursing facility, because his sister wanted the money and he wouldn't agree to it. And now he's sitting in jail for 
accommodating his mom and caring. And yeah. I mean, this a, a wonderful person, and you know, it's not a criminal. And no. they're the criminal, and they're you know yeah. making it here like we are. They everything that they are, they transfer over to us. Like we're doing yes. something so bad, or they yeah. can't live. With yeah. You. You know, well, Julie, all these years, of, I keep Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, before we run out of time, I'm dying to know, how did April Parks end up going to jail? Because they they always get away with their crimes. She got caught. And also, the listeners are going to want to hear about the storage unit. Okay, how did well, April Parks get caught? She ended up getting caught because... Um, she was being interviewed on local television and saying like, you know, $108 for a pair of stretch pants that were really a $4.99 pair yeah. of pants for Kmart. Um, stupid things like that. She was saying like, oh yeah, you know, um, I'll happily reimburse it. I'll happily reimburse it. That was one of the worst things that she ever did, but I feel like they used her as a fall guy to go on the news and do that because there's people, uh, you know, that are, it goes all the way up to the white house. We all know that. Um, but, um, she got caught because we filed, um, complaints with the attorney general and there were probably about five of us. And we did, my husband and I did an informal presentation. Um, and what we did is we looked up the Nevada revised statutes the codes for, that applied to the elderly and then said, you know, what she was doing was she wasn't complying. I begged them to please go and see my parents because my mom couldn't move. She couldn't even open her eyes. She couldn't, I mean, she was 185 pounds. She was five feet tall. She could not move. And I begged them and they said, no, we can't because you're not guardian. So it took about two years. They did do an investigation um, a grand jury did indict her on over 200 felony charges, which wow. she ended up taking a plea deal for like six of them. She did get 16 years to 40. And right now at this current time, believe it or not, she's appealing it. And she has an appellate attorney that's being provided by the state of Nevada, our taxpayers. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, what about the... You were talking like before in the back room, there was the the cremated remains that she stopped oh, yeah. in her storage locker when she went to jail, and then someone bid on the storage, you know, like storage wars, and they find all this. Yeah. Isn't that how I it went? Yeah, I saw Crazy. this on the news. I saw it on the news, and anybody would be. This man said, I couldn't believe it. I went and um, bid on a storage unit, and he goes, and I open it up, and he goes, there's 27 urns in there. Oh, wow. And, and, he, and I was shocked because, you know, I think, still trying to think, okay, please, the fire department, you know, they're not all bad. You know, they do the right thing. But after this happens, you start to really lose your trust in the system. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a thing, very- too, uh, the story yeah, they, I mean, yeah, <laughs> most uh, serial killers, in fact, I don't know of one that isn't, uh, keeps trophies of each of their kills and something that they can touch and look at and feel, and it, it allows them to relive the crime, which they get great pleasure from. 
And uh, but these are always hidden out of the sight of everyone else uh, because these are special you know to them. Things you and never say, did you know, when we when we did our victim impact statements when we all were in court and when she was getting sentenced, she never said she was sorry. She never no. looked at any of the family members. She just said that she really had good intentions and her and her staff really, really cared about the you know, elderly people and the people and that it just got out of hand. And I just wanted to vomit. I mean, just, yeah. you, I mean, she took. And, well, and for those like, of you who don't know, um, when you get targeted, your estate, it'd be like, let me put it this way. What if bank robbers were able to bill the bank for the expenses of robbing them? It makes as much sense. These guardians, and this again was set up by the Bar Association and interested parties. It is the victim who pays their predator. The the estate is taxed for everything. Every expense of any kind comes out of the estate. Everything. And 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 Marty, the minute minute she opened my, the minute she knocked on the door and my parents let her in and she went into their house, she already had access to their accounts because she had two weeks. It was a temporary emergency petition that they needed help so, so badly, right? Uh-huh. Why did she wait two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. She got – Hey, you know, I've been – Marty and Julie, I just got a message. Marty and Julie, I just got a message. And the question is, was April Parks also a social worker? April Not Parks that I know of. Groomed, no, she was groomed for this by an attorney here in town. Um, his name's Lee Dryden, and he does uh, like uh, he'll set up estates and um, such. And um, she was basically groomed for this, and uh, she took the fall. They got the low bearing fruit, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's somebody uh, very higher up than she is that happens to be friends with um, Catherine Cortez Masto, and um, you know that's his goddaughter. So um, this, you know, this again, this is a good old boy club. Yeah. Wow. This is just so what a bit was the, What was like oh, the moment ahead. that, like, what happened that all of a sudden April? had the right to just come to the house and do this? Like, did she, behind their back, file an emergency petition? Or, like, what was the no, trigger? She was notified by the public guardian and um, by the medical profession that uh, my parents, they couldn't handle living independently anymore. And so... Oh. Is the public guardian in Nevada like a social worker or APS or what? what what's the because pu- I don't think I've heard of a public guardian in Wisconsin. The public guardian, um, it, it's like you know the person who would be like a you know the guardian, but and she's supposed they're supposed to have like just the indigent cases. The private guardians have the ones that have more money, the millions and millions, but that's not true either. I found out. Right. Uh, no, because they can do it by volume. They can, oh, just yeah. like Mary Rowan up there, does it by volume. The woman is making oh, millions. Yeah. 
and they had no numbers, no numbers. We went to the blue ribbon committee panel that they set up, the commissioner set up for one year. My dad said this is nothing but to delay everything and for them to get a chance to get everything in order. And he was right. They had no numbers of how many wards they had. Oh, they don't have the technology to to track that. They would need more government money. We've all heard that. We just don't have the funding to track it all. What I want to know is why do you set up a tertiary system for doing this outside of the law, and you fund the setting up of this tribunal, but you don't – oh, good heavens – but you don't fund it adequately? I mean, no. what the, that's, it's that way across the country. They don't fund it adequately. That doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense, and that's why it's like absolute insanity, and that's why so many people just, I don't think, speak out. Uh, it used to drive me crazy. Yeah. I was like, why don't you talk? You know, you talk. I'm the one speaking. You know, like, this happened to your family. Oh, because my attorney told me not to talk. It could be used against us. Well, that's great. So just leave me as a target. Yeah. yeah. This is Reverend yeah. People Rao. are traumatized by this. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. This is Reverend Ralph. Uh, yeah, I, I find it very strange that in my situation, the state seems to have all these various departments for the elderly and so forth. But when you call them, they always tell you, oh, they don't handle it. Then they tell yeah. you to send you to somebody else. And it's like yeah. whack-a-mole. It's like whack-a-mole. The taxpayers yeah. are paying for all these different agencies, but they're not doing anything. Oh, yeah. Their no. favorite thing, it's, Reverend, is to say, I used to say, it's, they used to tell me, it's not in my jurisdiction. I said, yeah. well, then Houston is it in? Because I know I live in the United States. I know I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. So let me know who to go to. Mm-hmm. Yep. We found this a lot, too, when we first started in this. They said, go to the police. We went to the police. They said, oh, go to the sheriff's department. Went to them. Oh, go to the state's attorney general. Go here. Go there. And they, then the last one was, go to the police. And they just run you on this hamster wheel. And not one of them will stand up for you against one of these other agencies. They won't do it. Won't do it. All these years, everybody says, not all guardians are bad. I don't believe that. I've asked for one. Just bring me one that isn't. We'll have a celebratory show, put them on the air, and talk about what a great person they are. Yeah, the ones that say that, you know, they're a guardian and they have, you know, their loved one in the family, and there are some that are taking care of them as best as they can, you know, Mm -hmm. so they get very offended. And I do believe that, you know, they're trying their hardest. But, you know, that just was not an option. I wanted my parents' rights restored because – they were never incompetent to begin with. Right. And, you know, that was not an option. Oh, Julie, you can go downstairs and get guardian. I said, no, I'm not going downstairs and get guardianship of them. My parents don't need it. Right. Yeah, it's just, it is such a disastrous and horrendous thing. And I say, this is all done approval by the guardian, by the government. If if it wasn't, they'd have done something about it. But like I say, they oh, keep providing grant so money, money and they all these yeah. programs and, you know, everything else to keep it going. They want rid of anybody who is over 60 and can't be taxed anymore and might Are be here to collect disabled? Social Security. 
Yeah, you or they're the disabled. Yes. They say the same thing. You know, they're treating yep. them horribly. You know, yep. and you know, they just, you know, I got a picture of, you know, somebody who's 32 years old um, and a tall young man eating a tiny burrito with three, um, a tiny burrito like you would feed to like a five year old with three Doritos. I mean, wow. Like, okay. You're making all this money because he's on a certain tier level, and you're making over millions of dollars on him, but you're treating him like he's, you know, living on the street. Well, you know, That's- another thing that has come out of this Parks case is that now many states are claiming, and the judicial system is claiming, which I don't understand why this is not a judicial issue because it's not a court of law. So what is the judiciary doing in it other than rah rahing it on? But, you know, they're now claiming that these guardians are officers of the court. So you can't sue them. They have immunity. Well, this isn't a court. Um, This is a tribunal, a whole different setup. Right. And why would they get immunity? You can get them from malfeasance, which is using your position to harm a member or several people in the public. Nail them for malfeasance. To hell with your damn immunity. Uh, Like I say, this whole thing is so sick. I keep likening it to, the, like I say, if um, bank robbers charge the bank for their attorneys and everything else for robbing them. <laughs> Do you think that would yeah. last very long? No. I mean, you know what I say? It wouldn't. And uh, well, but yet yeah. this goes that, on. That, you know, I, I tell people, like, if I walk in a store and I steal a candy bar, I'm going to jail. Yeah, but they they can walk in and go walk away with somebody's you know estate and not tell the family, and yeah. and do these ex parte hearings where nobody gets notified in the family or right. a loved one, and they're gone out of your life, and then you have yeah. to fight. You're prove it. You're the guilty one. You have to prove you're innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like I say, these people have not been charged with a crime. That's why these tribunals were set up. These people haven't done anything wrong. So they can't put them no. in a state court or civil or you know criminal court. Now, the thing is this. These cases were all be handled in civil courts where you had to produce evidence. You couldn't just walk in there like they do in the tribunals and make all sorts of spurious claims. And nobody asked you for evidence and you never provided any. And then the refusal to let the victim even speak up or anybody to advocate for them. Uh, it's a it's a kangaroo court. It is the definition of a kangaroo court. But what you need to understand, this has all been decided before you ever stepped in the door. This was oh, yeah. all decided between the hearing examiner and the guardian and the attorneys. It was all decided. And how many times have we seen court-appointed attorneys sit there silently and not represent the people they were hired to represent? Won't speak. We've had attorneys walk to the door of the tribunal, turn around and tell the people, I can't represent you, and walk away. This is after ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in exorbitant fees. And, oh, yeah, they were going to go after him, and they were going to do this and that until it got down to it, and they turned and walked. Nobody got their money back. Why not? You didn't do what you were hired to do. But, no, they can't have their money back. And um, it just it is crooked on so many levels. It is such a an abomination on so many levels and that we keep promoting ourselves as this wonderful free country. Well, we're all fighting out. We are not free. 
We're being censored. We're being targeted. We're being bought, sold, and traded. We're being stole from. Uh, we are not safe in our own homes from this bunch, whoever they are, whatever they are. We are not safe. These predators are out there, and they're looking for more victims. It's like a feeding frenzy for oh, a pack are. of wild they're animals. They're trolls. They're trolls. Yeah. And, you know, I yeah. see them in the market. I, I notice them, you know, in the hospitals especially. Um, but I see them in Sun City communities. Um, they're trolls. Yeah. Yep. And we have people that do nothing but ride around in upper-scale neighborhoods watching for for sale signs or lawn that isn't mowed. And then that gets researched to find out who that home belongs to, and boom, all of a sudden you're guardianized, and they've got your house. And I want to know why upon death. This is why uh, guardianship is supposed to end immediately upon death. And this is one of the reasons I think that they don't tell that the person has died. They don't inform the family or anyone for weeks, sometimes months after they died because they're selling the property. And, and they're selling, they're getting... Voting. They're voting. Yeah. You mean, I, yeah. I didn't well, even know that. I was, my parents were like, I can't go vote. I'm like, what do you mean you can't go vote? They're like, no, April told us we can't vote. Because she took and sold their vote. That's why. In almost every case, and that with Julie, when I was first in this, I'd see everything had been stripped from these people, every possible right, except the right to vote. Well, you said this person isn't in their right mind, and they can't manage their own affairs. They can't do this and that and something else, but they can still vote. And oh, yeah, they can vote so for the judges that are guardianizing yeah, so all what the people. They do, those, those, the guardian of that person is selling that vote to a uh, what they call a bundler. And a bundler collects all these people's names that are in guardianship provided by the guardians. And they sell that to either political party. And this is how dead people vote. Um, They keep saying, we see people on the rolls and they're dead. Well, this is how it happens. And again, the government is fully aware of this. Uh, They go to nursing homes. They get the names of all the people who have passed away. And all the pertinent information to go with that, they sell those names also. And they also take the names of people in the nursing home who don't vote anymore, don't have any interest in it, and um, they'll sell those also. And then they have people who do nothing but sit and fill out these ballots, and that's the way that goes. But I, I couldn't figure that out at first. Why would they take everybody? But they left them the right to vote. You know, right. what's wrong with this picture? And then it finally, you know, dawned on me, and I dug it up, and uh, that somebody was making some money off of that. But oh yeah, they of course, have, they, in every corner they make money off of. They've got a monopoly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I think one reason too is we discussed. Uh, Marcia Southwick and I have done some shows on this. We're going to do more, hopefully, on the selling of body parts. And like people have their funeral arrangements already paid for and laid out. And for some reason, the guardian will discard those and set up their own. Now, why would you do that? And so the family isn't notified for two weeks, a month, whatever, after the person's died. And they say, oh, we had them cremated. Did you have them cremated or did you have what was left of them after you sold body parts cremated? They have figured out how to make money off of us even in death. Um, Selling body parts, organs, this and that and everything else. it it is just it's like for God's sake we're being chased by ghouls, 
And um, I just, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know Marty? how all this is going to end up. We yes. are, you know, I just, I really commend you, Marty, and, you know, you're doing your show. I mean, I know that in 2013 when I reached out to you, I had not a clue um, at all. And you educated me really fast, and you brought me up to par. I, it took me a couple, like a, a month or two to kind of digest it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like mind-boggling because, and I just, you know, that was my reason of speaking out and getting so vocal, is that I don't want it to happen to anybody else. No, you know, right. And help them yeah. in any way. You know, I'm here. I don't care. You know. It, yeah. it doesn't need to happen to them, but you need to listen, you know. It can't just be, be all prepared. these different walks of life mm-hmm. in the United States and all over the world. It's happening to that we don't even know each other, like we're making this all up, you know. Yes. Well, a lot of people yeah. have the attitude that it, this well, this might happen, but it only happens in places like Russia or China. No, it happens here. It is a oh, prolific right here. here. Yep. Yep. Ralph, you wanted to say something? Yeah, thank you. Uh, in Pennsylvania, there is a law pertaining to cremation, because I checked on it because I was concerned about that. And in Pennsylvania, either the spouse has to sign off or all of the children have to sign off uh, before a person is cremated. So I was very wow. concerned that, you know, evidence could be, you know, just yes. burned up, so to speak. So that's one good thing. Again, I want I, people should check the laws in their states as far as what is required before cremation is done. And that is a good benefit in Pennsylvania, so evidence is not destroyed. And you'd also right. mention about uh, lawyers and uh, the guardians. Uh, it's interesting because if you rob a bank or burglarize a house, whatever, you get a free public defender. But in the case of guardianships, the, the guardians, they're using the money from the victim's account yes. in order to pay for their own lawyer. And this is how they just drain the money. And, I mean, yep. it's, it's so disgusting, the fact that what do you do? Does the, does the uh, child uh, waste more of the parent's money by suing because the guardian had done something wrong, knowing full well right. they're just going to drain more money to pay for their own lawyer? Uh, so, or do you let the person just get away with it? I mean, you know, it's yep. it's really pathetic. It is a sick, sick system, um, it and it, these are predators. Make no mistake. Have, Go ahead. I I do want to um, just let everybody know that Carolyn's law is being, um, and they're going to be passing it um, in New York. And okay. what this means is it means that um, within 10 days, the ward and their family will be granted a hearing. So it's a really good start. Now, there's a lot of probably things that will, um, are going to have to be amended, but it's a great start. Right. And her name's Christine Montanti. Um, I definitely am in support of that. Because, you know, if I would have known, like, I had rights within 10 days, you know, a lot of the aggravation that we all have gone through wouldn't have ever happened. Right. So, well, um, well, yeah. yeah, I haven't looked into that law yet. I, somebody sent it to me, but I just haven't had the time, uh, quite honestly, to sit down yeah. and go through it. And, um, but it just, it, I, 
we've got to do something here. This has got to stop. But one of our biggest impediments have been, of course, the inclusion of glory hogs into everything. And I hate to even bring that up, but too many times they'll throw a monkey wrench in everything, um, you know, just trying to show off, I think, um, show you that they can. And be careful out there, people, when you hook up with someone that's supposed to be an advocate or an activist, look and see what they're really doing. Because a lot of these people are hurting people, putting them in a terrible situation and mess, and one that they can't get out of. Um, And they'll sabotage you. If you don't bow Mm -hmm. down and worship, they'll sabotage you in a heartbeat. So be careful of that, who you talk to and what you tell them. Because not everybody is your friend, as many people in this subject have found out. Uh, they'll turn oh. on you in a heartbeat. And uh, I still think money's passing hands there, but that's just me. Anyway, we're down to one minute here. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's been a long time since we talked. Um, but I know, keep it's fighting. We'll thank do whatever we can to help me. you. Say what? Yeah, thank you so much. I said thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah. Oh, we're glad to have you. Cause you got anything quick? I just want to thank Julie also, and my fa- I have family in Las Vegas, so maybe sometime I'm now that I know you, I'll get down there and we can say hey. They um they live right down there and right in the actual city of Las Vegas, and oh. yeah, I hear about the crazy weather that you have. I'll be freezing up there, and they're having like a hundred degree weather. So <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. It's yeah, old. and thank it's you. Older now. Yeah, I would <laughs> to, yeah, that would be great. Thank right. you for Reverend coming Hall on the show and for all that you did in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, got a lot of yep. got a lot more work to do around the world. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we, we do. do. Yes, we do. Ralph, you got anything you want to add in here, quick? Yes, finally. Um, anybody who's having a problem with judges or guardians in Montgomery County. Contact Detective Shade. Uh, He's a detective with the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office. His phone number is 610-278-3377. The more people that contact him, it will prove that these judges in the Orphan's Court and these guardians need to have investigations on them. Okay. All right, everybody, we're up on our time here. This went really fast. Again, Julie, thank you. Cause and Ralph, thank you too. And we will be back next Friday. Talk to you all then. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.